the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Check ASO is an analytical ASO platform that provides you with up-to-date data on keywords, competitors, ratings, and reviews. It also grades your ASO level and gives you custom tips on how to improve it. This way, you can increase your app page visibility, organic traffic, and installs with every update. Try it now for free for seven days at checkaso.io. That once again is checkaso.io. We all have developer horror stories from language barriers to bad code to developing on time. That's why I recommend using B7Dev com. They're affordable, fast, and more importantly, trustworthy. Go to b7dev.com. What is up, App Masters Virtual Summit attendees? Welcome to another virtual summit. And today, I've got my good friend Fritz Charles to talk all about subscription, how to get users to subscribe, how to keep them longer, and how to increase your LTV, so lifetime value, your user's lifetime value. If you haven't heard of Fritz, he is the founder of Q2 Mobile Labs, a mobile studio and consultancy with a specialty on the future, which is mobile subscriptions. Fritz built a mobile gaming studio producing over 400 apps that produced over 5 million downloads, eventually sold that. So I wanna learn a little bit about that as well. But I'm going to let Fritz tell a little bit more. But without further ado, let me welcome Fritz to the show. Fritz, thank you for coming on and doing the summit. Steve, it's an honor. Thanks for uh, allowing me to be part of it. Yeah. Um, thanks for all your help and, and thanks for uh, allowing me to share your platform. Um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, uh, I've been doing mobile, mobile subscriptions for a few years now. Um, my, my platform is called Q2 Mobile Labs. We began as a mobile studio. Um, we were making uh, casual games, specifically um, casino games um, before we exited that um, sold to a private investor and uh, started focusing on um, consulting and building subscription based apps a lot of them are actually in the fintech space um, but I also held a few jobs while I was building it out so you know the first time I, I kind of did mobile growth consulting or I was doing subscription was at a company called Oroco TV where we distributed movies international movies online and the way we monetize is all through subscriptions. So I learned a lot about how um, to A-B test subscriptions, how to price them, how to do promotions, kind of upsell folks. Um, and then I went over to the, to the NBA, National Basketball Association. I know you, Steve, you're, you're a Warriors fan, unfortunately. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Knicks fan, which is even more unfortunate and really unfortunate. Um, but I worked on NBA League Pass, which is the NBA's version of Netflix, which allows you to subscribe and watch games uh, you know, throughout, you know, not even having cable. So you could have Apple TV, you could have, you, uh, watch on your mobile device. My focus is on mobile. Um, and so I learned a lot. Um, obviously, the NBA is a huge brand. So we had millions of users. Um, so I was able to kind of have a huge audience to learn the best strategies on how to reach out to them and keep them engaged. Um, then I went over, I was poached from the NBA to go to Interactive Corp, IAC. A lot of people don't know IAC, but IAC is the parent company of a lot of brands you do know. So for my single folks or for the married folks that, 
you know, are probably not doing what they should be doing. Uh, the dating apps are all, all owned by uh, IAC. So uh, Tinder, Match, OkCupid, and a bunch of other brands um, are owned by IAC. Um, they own uh, Vimeo. They own, uh, they used to own Expedia Spun It Out. And I was brought on to work on a division that was distributing um, mobile utility apps. Um, so these were not as fun or as quote unquote sexy as the dating apps, um, but they were pretty strong businesses. So we did, we had a lot of apps that were focused on um, the weather, focused on timing, focused on, uh, we had a few alarm clocks, like real boring apps, but a lot of them ended up being um, pretty, pretty huge. Like we had a VPN app that was, that ranked number 35 in the utilities category. We had um, a Carlo Book app that hit number 10. Um, we had a weather radar app that hit number two in weather. We had a planes app that allowed people to track um, when planes leave and land. Um, it was number 21 in travel. And these were all subscription apps. Um, so we, it was very, they were, they're very, very niche, but I learned a lot about how to target those niche users, how to get them, how to upsell them and kind of keep them. Um, and then I was uh, brought on to a, a mobile uh, fitness company called Active, um, which hit number 10 in the health and fitness category. Um, I was there during the fourth quarter of, of, uh, of the year. And people that work in fitness know that January is the time to get subscribers um, because that's when people actually want to get on their New Year's resolutions. And so I kind of create, we, we, we did a ton of testing, a ton of pricing, um, to make sure that January was a, was a huge success. And it actually ended up being a huge success based on the things that we learned from the AB testing. Um, but on the side, I was always kind of working on my own thing and worked on a crypto um, based subscription app that allowed people to track the markets. Um, and, you know, eventually started working on that full time. So I've been working on that full time. It's called Coin Gamma. Um, doing that while also, you know, working with individuals in the mobile space, helping them grow their app and monetize the app. So I love to kind of take what I learned from clients and, and I, I like to use my, my app as a testing, uh, testing ground on to, to learn what is best and kind of bring that to clients and help them grow even further. It's great fits. So let's start with the, the obvious question here. Like how do we know if an app that we have would fit that subscription based model and do all apps fit that? Can all apps fit that model? Um, great question. So that's one of the first things that you have to talk about. Not every app, is appropriate for subscriptions, right? The apps that are appropriate for subscriptions have a continued use um, and or either they have a continued use or you are pumping new content to it. So if you think about, it's not, it's not too dissimilar from outside the app store, right? So what kind of things do you subscribe to, right? People, I, I use Dropbox. I subscribe to Netflix. I subscribe to HBO Now. Um, I subscribe to Hulu. Um, I, I use uh, different SaaS tools, right? So, you know, I, I help with design. So I, I subscribe to the Adobe suite, right? So these are things that have continued use or they have content that's new, right? So if Netflix had only the same group of movies and that was just fixed and nothing was ever added, it would not make sense for me to subscribe to Netflix. It would probably make sense for me to pay for Netflix one time and have access to that whole library. But what makes Netflix something that makes sense for me to subscribe to is that new content is being added all the time. So if you have an app, let's say you have a game that is kind of somewhat fixed. 
I mean, obviously games have different permutations and you could play a game for, you know, uh, as long, you have to have many different levels, but if the structure of your app doesn't change, your game doesn't change from, you know, month to month and you're not adding new levels, new features or what have you, it doesn't really make sense for you to be in a subscription. So quite frankly, most, most gaming apps should not be a subscription. There are exceptions out there. Don't get me wrong, but most should not be. Um, but other apps that give you people content, give people continued use case are, are, are perfect. Um, so, you know, one interesting app that, you know, may not have a lot of content, but has kind of like a, has a cyclical use case um, are, uh, there are a lot of pregnancy apps in the app store that allow, um, you know, people that want to, uh, you know, have a baby kind of the women to track their cycles and things of that sort. That changes every month, obviously. Well, it doesn't change every month, but the timing of the month changes sometimes, right? And so that's something that um, those people want to kind of subscribe to and have continued assets, right? Uh, so because they would like to know, you know, in November and December and then in January when um, they, be, they might be most likely to conceive. So that's an app that deserves a subscription, as does, you know, uh, a content-based app, right? Um, something that's giving them uh, uh, information. So for instance, with my, my crypto app, um, crypto prices change all the time. Um, news are, is produced every day. So it, I'm adding new value to them every day or every hour, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you, if your app is fixed, you're building your app, it doesn't connect to any centralized server that you're updating and changing on the fly. You're only updating it when you update the app in the app store. Most likely, you probably shouldn't have a subscription. Now, I was doing a video on market research recently, and I saw that you know a lot of the top grossing apps in the App Store, like through App Annie, obviously, it's all through in-app purchases and subscriptions, but a lot of them were all subscription-based apps. I mean, you had Netflix on the top, Hulu, HBO, like the music ones are all on the top, and it's all subscription. Now, obviously, App Annie can only report the subscription ones. They can't report like the ad revenue ones, but you can see the complete shift because it used to be a ton of games in the right. early days too. Yeah, you know, the, the, the App Store has matured quite a bit. Yeah. And um, not only is our... Or, or those the most sticky from a revenue perspective, but the app stores, think about the app store, think about Google Play, think about, think about Apple. How do they make money? They do not make money through your third-party ad tools that you plug in. They make money through ad app purchases, right? And so obviously they can make money when you do a paid app or you have a one-time in-app purchase, but just like you would prefer to have money continuously from your users, mm-hmm. they also like that too because they get 30%. And even to greater incentivize users to go that route is they introduced something about a, a almost about a year and a half ago where if you have subscribers that last over 12 months, they will allow, um, they will actually take their cut down from 30 to 15% to incentivize you to make long lasting apps that users find valuable for over a year. So obviously the, uh, the bar for your development your user experience goes that much higher versus other apps where you kind of squeeze all your monetization from the person up front. You're not really incentivized to have, to have the greatest experience. You're more incentivized to do hacks around ASO, um, mobile marketing or what have you. And then once the person, you know, you sell it for $5, once a person paid $5, whether they like it or not, then that's almost their problem. Um, subscription doesn't, 
that's not the case, right? Because if you if you're getting five dollars a, a month from the person, if they don't enjoy it, they're just going to churn. Yeah, Fritz, one thing. Sorry about that. One one thing I did want to talk about too was I was dissecting an app that was making like two million dollars a month, and I was like creating a video out of it. And what I saw was they're charging ten bucks a week, dude. Ten bucks a week. So. <laughs> on to wow. my next point like how do you decide the subscription length like is it should it be weekly because i always think monthly but i saw this app making two million dollars a month just charging it on a weekly basis right right yeah so you have to test it so the best way to do it is is a b testing but before you even do that um let's be frank most apps are not 100 percent original right so there may be an app that is somewhat similar to what you have in the app store um start there start to see how they monetize and use that as your starting point. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to kind of copy and paste, but as, as one of your segments, you probably want to mirror what the competitor has. And when I say segments, it's like, well, you know, to kind of give a brief on AB testing is AB testing basically means that you're going to create a different experience for a different segment of your users. So let's say you want to test three different pricing models, right? So maybe you want to test weekly in one segment, monthly in the other one and a quarterly in the third. And then you want to, you, you basically want to split out your population um, uh, equally. So you're getting 33% to each users. So one third of your users will end up being in different buckets. And then you monitor that bucket for a few conversion cycles, right? Um, and then you get the data and see, well, yes, perhaps if I charge weekly, I may be able to get a lot of people to hop into the funnel, meaning that they go from free to paid relatively quickly because the commitment is lower. Um, but then they churn out before the month's over, right? Because you're, you're basically charging them every week and every week they, they have to take a, they take a internal look at themselves and their wallets and say, is, am I using this app for real? Is it worth it? Whereas another, another um, segment, if you do monthly, you may see that, yes, the getting people from to hop from free the, to paid um, may be a little bit more difficult, but guess what? Because you automatically have them for the equivalent of four weeks, um, you you're you're able to kind of gain a, a higher LTV, right? Um, and so the best way to kind of do it is test, right? And so I guess a, another question is how how do I test, right? Um, there are a lot of platforms that allow you to kind of do A/B testing. Um, and so um, on, there's a company called Optimizely, which kind of made their name doing A-B testing on the web, but they have um, A-B testing on mobile. Um, another platform that's free um, that a lot of users use is Firebase. So Firebase obviously is owned by Google. Um, a lot of people use Google Analytics on their website, but also on their app to you know, monitor their traffic, monitor their analytics, monitor their cohorts. Um, you could also use Firebase to um, segment out your users and give them different experiences. So it's almost like having one app that's split into three apps and people kind of bucketed it in. Um, and then you also have, you know, you also have to think about different things as far as making sure that your, your users have, um, are, are not, your data is not dirty, right? So let's say you did something where you started one segment, um, right before Christmas, and then you started another segment right after New Year's, right? Um, and then you're looking at the data and you're seeing higher retention for the Christmas folks and, and not as much. The, part of the reason is seasonality, right? The kids are back to school in January, you, but in, in, in 
that other that last week of the year, you were able to give that segment a kind of a, a advantage because those people were able to spend more time with the app and and kind of fall in love with it a lot easier with without distractions. Um, so you have to make sure that you start the test at the same time with the same amount of users per segment um, and and kind of go out that way to make sure that everything is cool. And I guess another question, how long do you keep your tests alive? Um, because you could have 10 users for a segment and then the numbers are looking great for quarterly, but you know, that doesn't tell you enough, right? You need to, you need to have enough users to the point where it's statistically significant. So, it, you know, for, for, for our users, obviously for our listeners, obviously, you know, Steve, you have listeners all, all across the world, but everybody around the world studies science. So I guess go back to your ninth grade biology or or chemistry or tenth grade chemistry or you know the equivalent in your your country, um, and think about the scientific method and how you did hypothesis testing. Um, you usually had a control, which was the experience that kind of replicates what the norm is, and then you had one or two different um, alternatives that were tested against that norm, and to make sure that the science project is is perfect, you have to make sure that the experiences uh, have the same amount of data and you allow them to be uh, on until you reach a, a point of statistical significance. Love it. Now, I think this is the hardest part of a subscription. You tell me if I'm absolutely wrong about this, but it's pricing. Like, how do you price this? What do you price it at? I mean, now that you determine the length of it, how do you determine what what the price should be. Yeah, well, so, I mean, that kind of goes along with it. So sometimes you, you, you have to do an A-B test where you look at the price. Sometimes you do it at the length. Obviously, you don't want to mix both of them. You, only, you, also, you always want to test on one variable. Um, so actually, actually, I we might have still skipped a step because I actually think that we probably should test pricing first before we test length. Um, but obviously, length and pricing kind of go hand in hand, right? So, you know, let's say you have, uh, going back to your example, you have a, a app that's charging uh, about $10 a month. Um, a week. Well, $10 a week, right? Right. <laughs> and, and you know, if, uh, you know, a week, let's round it up to round it down to four weeks a month, um, that's $40 a month, right? And so do you do something where you price $10 a week? And then you do another segment that's $40 a month and kind of test them because they should be equivalent. Um, in theory, that could be okay, but we all know that, you know, usually there's some kind of discount for when you lock people in a little bit later, right? So I think a better test would be to do, you have your $10 a month that you have existing, $10 a week, sorry, that you have existing, and then you do um, $30 a month. And then you show people that they actually, on a monthly basis, they actually get 25%, a 25% discount for doing the monthly package, Right. Um, and then you do the same thing going out. So usually you kind of test, you cut, you, you, and then you test kind of like your store display, right? Where you, you, you may have different uh, packages where it's uh, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, what have you. Um, but you may price them all at the weekly equivalent to show the user what kind of discount they're getting. Right. Um, and then you, and then, you know, obviously you have, you, uh, Apple won't let you just, say that without having some kind of notation that says this is a, 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 a monthly package or a, a year, yearly or what have you. Um, but you want to show them an equivalent so the user can actually see. And it actually becomes, you're actually, uh, in that point, you're kind of doing decoy pricing. Because um, for the most part, you're going to price your, uh, your longer packages at a discount, even though the lump sum is higher. 
Um, and that should allow you to kind of get people that are going to opt into the longer term and kind of lock in those users, which um, yes, on a, on a, on a apples to apples basis, you're, you're, you're making less money if you were to assume that all your users stay, stay the same amount. Mm-hmm. But quite frankly, the, the more times that you ping the user um, for uh, subscriptions or what have you, the more likely they're going to churn out. So more likely their, their lifetime is not going to stay the same. Um, that, so you, you'll probably make more money on the people that's uh, on the longer year subscription points. That was my next question. Like, would, did you see any difference between yearly subscribers versus monthly versus weekly when it came to life, lifetime value? And I'm assuming that the longer they sign up for a subscription, like a yearly, they only have to make a decision once a year where they're like, do I want to stay with this or not? And then you get that more money. Have you seen that type of data play out? Yes, uh, we have. Um, so in my experience, we have seen kind of pushing people to longer packages uh, kind of uh, lead to, you know, people are locked in, right? So they don't have the opportunity to opt out. Um, obviously, with that, you have you do have people that are uh, less likely to kind of convert. Um, so you have to kind of look, it's, it's, it's an equation, right? So on one side of the equation, you may, so I guess it's, it's, it's equation, but more importantly, it's a, it's a funnel, right? So like, obviously you have your top of the funnel, you have your downloads, then now you have a pool of free users, right? And now you are trying to get your free users to understand the value of subscribing to the premier features in your app. And so you have, your, you have that first, that second part of the funnel where it gets a little bit tighter, where it's. Um, the uh, conversion from free to paid. And so you have to look at, you know, the conversion from free to paid for your different use cases, Mm -hmm. and then also look at the retention at each point, right? So on the yearly package, you don't don't have to worry about the retention until 12 months out, but then your conversion at the beginning of the funnel may be uh, 50% less. Right. So the math has to check out for you. Right. So, um, you know, obviously, so what, what you have, with, let's say it's quarterly, you may have somebody and you have an actual average lifetime of of um, three periods. So you end up having the person for three quarters of the year versus the year that you have have them for the whole year. Um, but the conversion rate on them on, on the top of the funnel for the for the quarterly folks might be significantly higher. So your LTV might actually be. Uh, better for those folks. So you kind of have to do the math um, and, and kind of be very iterative and test it out. It almost seems like I've started this subscription-based service on the side and I was starting to notice, you know, people staying on for a couple of months and then they're like, oh, it's copywriting. So they have like, hey, I got to pause this. So what I'm learning is I got to pause this because I got to go in and edit and make sure I post all this content because I've right, got right. I've all this content now. So now I'm thinking about as we're talking like, oh, maybe I should have a quarterly plan to lock them in a little bit. And so yeah, they right. could just then say, okay, every quarter, rather than thinking about every month, hey, do I have more content to give you or what do I have to edit? They just decide every quarter and hopefully that locks them in a little bit longer instead of just like two or three months or like maybe a month or two at a time. I'll lock them in for three months at a time and give them a little discount because then they'll stay longer. As no, well. of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta run through the numbers and see, see, you know, on your current monthly package, how yeah. long do people usually stay? Um, and, and say, all right, well, you know, if, if I give them a 10% discount, yes, I'm losing money on, on average, but because of the longer length, um, it's worth it for me. Yeah. yeah. So, so it could be just a way of just 
like getting that increased long-term right. value as well. And as long as you start figuring out where the churn is, maybe you can run some campaigns to decrease that churn a little bit exactly. too. Fritz, I want to ask you about this. Like what's, what's his cam- what's a campaign? This was one of the questions that I got from the first summit with the people want to know what's a campaign that didn't work for you. Oh, well, you know, with subscriptions, sometimes, um, it's like, it's, I keep going. I mean, I don't know. I keep going back to these dating app or dating, dating analogies, but you know, you can't go to the bar and ask for the person that you're interested in number, um, you know, shake their hand and say, let me get your number. Right. You should talk to them, ask them how they're doing, you know, you know, get to know each other a little bit. Right. Obviously, some folks uh, have 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 stronger game than others, so it works for them. But on average, you can't do that. Um, same thing happens with the app store, right? So you can't uh, you have somebody download your app and then hit them with a, a a paid upsell like right then and there, and lock all your content behind the paywall. For some apps, it works um, when the when the I guess the use case is very obvious. Um, for a lot of apps, sometimes it, you have to educate them, right? Particularly if it's, you're dealing with something that's relatively new. So what I learned in certain times, what we, sometimes what we do in our A-B testing, we'd actually test, you know, another thing to test is also experiences, not only the pricing, not only the length, but sometimes you, you test locking different pieces of content, right? So um, trying to decide what piece of content you want to leave to free users uh, or what you want to put behind a paywall. And, and when, and what, how, you know, what kind of message you want to put once they reach those points of restriction. And um, one thing we learned one time we, you know, I, I don't know if it was due to rushing or what have you, we kind of had one experience that we tested on the whole user base. Um, and it was a, a kind of aggressive paid upsell. So they couldn't really do much into the app and they were kind of just hit with uh, 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 you know, upsell, say, all right, well, you know, if you want to use this feature, you have to uh, be a premium user. Um, you know, in theory, what we thought was because we had a free trial, it would be good enough for people to, you know, hey, that's that's the freemium aspect, right? You could, you know, you don't have to pay up front. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, even myself included, know that free trials could be a little bit of a hook. You forget to unsubscribe and things of that sort. So it's, it, 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 there was a lot of friction there. Um, and it led to uh, uh, lower u- lower usage, obviously, because we are not allowing people to use it without subscribing. Um, that affected our rankings because that goes into the algorithm. And it was a it was it was a it, it didn't work out well. Um, and so I think to to make that better, I would have made sure that I tested that on a small segment of my users, not all of them. Also, I would make sure that I have something where. I can actually turn off the test remotely, so you don't. I, I would not need to have the App Store um, wait for the wait to kind of do a new build, upload to the App Store, and get people to and get and then change the experience. You want you want to kind of have that control on your server that you can kind of turn things off and on, um, just in case you know there's a bug, or you make a mistake. All right. Wow. Did you guys use a tool? Was it like an internal tool that you were using to A/B test that? Yeah, we were using an internal tool, um, okay. but this but this case we we actually decided to launch this with all our users um, because we thought that you know uh, it was a relatively new app, so we didn't. It wasn't like we had a control versus uh, a variant, um, so it was a new app, and we thought that that would be the it would be okay to kind of do it, um, but we realized that that it, it was it was a mistake uh, pretty quickly, and so we kind of had to take off that paywall actually make the app free until we kind of 
re redeveloped on the back end to kind of have the framework for A-B testing properly. Now, Fritz, I'm going to ask you this because you've talked a lot about testing and different A-B tests that you've run. Has there been one that's had the biggest impact in terms of revenue, whether positive or negative, where you saw like, hey, because I tested, you know, hard upsell versus soft upsell or limiting features that really increase conversions and revenues. Yes. Yes. Um, I guess it goes back to, um, we tested, there's a few different apps. So I have a, an example of that, but, um, what we, uh, one AB test that worked out pretty well for us was, um, testing lengths. So going back to, uh, the fitness company, um, we tested different, uh, lengths of subscriptions and we also tested an aggressive yearly upsell. To the point where, on the monthly on the monthly package, the uh, it was about ten dollars a month. So on a yearly basis, is equivalent to one hundred and twenty dollars per year. Um, but most people didn't stay for the whole year, right? So what we did was we also tested um, yearly, but we actually tested it. You know, a yearly equivalent would be one twenty, but we actually tested um, pricing all the way down to seventy dollars. Which is a, which appears as a significant discount, which it was, um, but when you look at the amount of time that people spend per month um, times that ten dollars, and versus having somebody yearly at seventy dollars, that actually uh, we it, it, when you do the math and you adjust for the the length of of of, of a person's lifetime, it actually ended up being a, a better uh, use case for us. And, and, and end up being something that was quite successful for us. And also one thing you have to think about is that you also have to think about cash flows with your business too, right? So obviously, you know, in iTunes or Google Play, you get paid T plus 45, the earliest, right? And so, but, you know, it depends on how your funding is. Yeah, yeah you know, let's say on a monthly package and a yearly package, the amount of money you make is the same right um over when you kind of extrapolate it out through the year so um again going back to this one example let's say uh you have on average users stay about seven months ten dollars per month that's 70 bucks on the yearly if you do 10 times 12 that's be 120 but you make it 70 so now you have an equivalent 70 versus 70 let's say that that's how your your data tells you it is but you have to wait um you know t plus 45 six times to get that $70 or seven times to get that $70. Whereas on the yearly, you get that $70 in 45 days, right? So let's say you were doing paid traffic. Let's say you were doing a whole bunch of things. You're, you're actually able to kind of like buy more users and get more people in the funnel, test more things because you have that cash up front. Um, so there's almost a little bit of an arbitrage to play there too from a cash flow perspective, um, which kind of, which kind of makes sense to kind of push people to, um, you know, give you more money up front. But again, it doesn't work for all apps. Um, some apps, especially the ones that are more casual um, or, you know, aiming at more of a uh, younger fan base or user case, um, you know, that's just not going to work. Um, you have to, you know, you have to kind of um, um, get it, let, let them in with a shorter commitment. So that's why maybe that $10 a month app that you looked at is kind of pushing that. Yeah. So the other thing I want to, talk about too is promotions. You kind of mentioned this briefly during your intro, but you know, using different types of promotions to increase conversions besides just that test, that yearly promotion, was there anything else that comes to mind when you different types of promotions that you run? Yeah. So one thing you want to do sometimes, well, you could do just like any other business, you could do things seasonal, right? You could kind of do a short-term discount. 
um, around Easter, around, uh, you know, New Year's, around uh, uh, other uh, Valentine's Day, depending on what kind of app you're using. Um, that helps, right? Um, you could blast to your users, um, that, that type of thing. Um, if you, you could also do different promotions to the people that are within your app, right? So let's say you know that, you know, you have a, a weekly subscription and that week five is when you lose a lot of your users. On week four, why not give them a discounted subscription to the monthly? Just give them like half off monthly. And yes, versus the other monthly people, you'll be making maybe half as much. But guess what? Your, your data told you that you're probably going to lose that user in, in a week anyway, right? So if you have any, that's almost like free money in the sense of if you get them to come in and they stay a few, a few extra months, um, it's almost you know, uh, free money. And because these are your existing users, you're not paying anything on custom acquisition costs. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think those are two different things to kind of test and, and, and look at. So holidays and also doing promotions to people that you already have um, in, your, in your funnel. Great. Fritz, anything I missed that you want to mention? Um, you know, I think, no, that's, that's pretty much, I mean, A-B testing is important. Uh, uh, make sure you A-B test to be statistically significant. Um, testing different things. So, I mean, we talked up, we touched upon pricing, we touched upon length. Um, we, we touched a little bit on like the experience. So yeah, just kind of AB testing, you know, uh, different lock, like what, what features you put as premium? What do you lock up? What do you uh, expose people to? Um, you don't want to go, you don't want to go too, too deep on the other end where you kind of just allow people to get, enjoy all your app for free. In that case, what's the point of even subscribing? Right. Um, so it's a fine balance. It's a fine balance. And you kind of get there through testing. You have to be patient. And also you have to have, an, have an, a, a strong enough user base. If, you, if your app is only getting a few, you know, a hundred downloads a day or something like that, you probably don't have enough users to get to the point where you can run a test and it be significant, uh, statistically significant enough. Um, so you, you do have to have a, somewhat of a larger user base to kind of make this happen seamlessly. One tip that I read on a book called Hacking Growth was having a coming soon. You know, Netflix, Amazon Prime, right. all these like, they have this like coming soon section and that helps retain users because as they start seeing like, oh, what else is there? They actually, they saw stats that said just having a little coming soon bar, even if it's like a month away, whatever it is, it helps retain users. So having a little section, especially if you're content based that, hey, yes, this is things that we're working on and the users know that something's coming up. So they're looking forward to something as well. And so that helps 100%. retain users. 100%. Well, if you want to work with Fritz on your mobile subscriptions, go check out his website. It is the letter Q, the number two mobilelabs.com, q2mobilelabs.com. Fritz, anywhere else you want to send the, the viewers, the watchers, the listeners to? Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Um, Name's Fritz Charles. Not, pretty unique name, so you pretty should be able to find me. Um, I'm on Twitter as well. Um, it's uh, at F.E. Charles. Um, and so, yeah, between those places um, and, and my website, I should be able, you should be able to find me. And I look forward to working with, 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 with anyone that needs help. I'd love to kind of, I learn, I learn by teaching and, and talking to folks. So it, it's kind of a win-win. So please reach out. Awesome. Well, all that is linked up underneath this video in that text. So you just click on Fritz's name. You can go to his LinkedIn and then click on his website name. You'll go to his website as well. Fritz, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. 
Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate it. Want to increase your downloads and revenue? Check out our new ASO Master Service where we help you with ASO, optimizing your revenue, and we'll even manage your Apple search ads and Google ads. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters Podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.